0: Hello, and welcome to the Voice of Wealth podcast. My name is Charlotte de Capoisson. Joining me today is Ed Shing, Global Chief Investment Officer at BNP Paribas Wealth Management. Hello, welcome, Ed.
1: Hello, Charlotte. Exciting times.
0: $1.9 trillion. That is a bigger figure. In a nutshell, what's the big story in American politics this week?
1: So, Charlotte, the big story is that um, on March the 10th, the Biden administration managed to get a supplementary fiscal stimulus package passed through Congress. Now, what does that mean? It means more government spending. $1.9 trillion is an awful lot of money. Um, And what it means is that, of course, growth should be boosted by this money, because some of it will go to consumers, some of it will go to different types of spending, like infrastructure spending. Uh, but again there will be checks in the mail sent directly to U.S. households and they can spend that money. So you know this is a little bit like the so-called helicopter money that we've talked about before. Uh, This is a form of helicopter money dropping from the the U.S. government helicopter directly into U.S. households pockets and that should spur consumption.
0: But this isn't the first fiscal stimulus package in the U.S. is it? Can you remind our listeners, what the previous amounts were under the Trump administration, and how does this one differ from the previous ones?
1: Right, so there were three, in fact, previous ones. So this is, in fact, the fourth stimulus package. The previous three were passed all by the Trump administration, uh, two in March and April of last year, and one in December of last year. If you add the totals up of all the money that was spent under the Trump administration, it comes to around 3.7% trillion dollars. It's already a colossal amount. So what we're talking about here in the new Biden package is about half of that again. So overall, you're talking about a massive amount of stimulus, a massive amount of extra government spending um, being done by the US government over this year and and into the future to, of course, boost the economy, uh, to uh, to get unemployment down, to get jobs back and to get growth going. And um, I think it's very likely to be successful in meeting that. Now, how does it change? Not really very much. Um, again, there are elements that are very similar to the previous stimulus packages, like directly giving money to consumers. So, those who have under $75,000 of earnings per year will get a, stimul- a so called stimulus check in the mail. So, you know, the government will literally send them a check for $1,400. And um, they've done that before. In fact, it was slightly larger amounts last time. But this is something they're going to do again to, again, stimulate consumption.
0: OK, so what other effects is this stimulus going to have on the US economy, short term and long term? And I mean, are Americans expected to spend their checks straight away? Won't they be saving for a rainy day?
1: Well, that's a sort of interesting point. I think, first of all, we don't have all of the details of the supplementary spending yet. But it will be mixture of money being given to consumers to spend, and also infrastructure spending projects, you know, that's, uh, for instance, on renewable energy projects such as that, which are very dear to President Biden's heart, you know, to combat climate change. So they're a combination of spending and investment, as it were. Now, on the consumer and the household side, will they spend the money? Probably yes, because interestingly, Charlotte, uh, what we can notice from the previous stimulus programs is that households had already been given money and they had already saved quite a lot of it. So in fact, uh, the average household savings account banking savings account, as it were, is already quite flush with cash. Uh, So another $1,400 is probably most likely to be spent maybe not all at once. But yes, it should eventually get spent.
0: Okay, and what sectors will be the winners of this new stimulus package?
1: Well, on the consumer side, I think we can say the obvious, the obvious sectors, because remember, as well as the stimulus package, we are at a point where the vaccine rollout has done has been going very well in the US and on top of that. um, And partly as a result of that even COVID infections and hospitalization rates have been falling really quite quickly in the US, so I think we have two effects at work here which should boost the economy firstly this extra stimulus spending and secondly the reopening of the US economy as these hospitalization and COVID infection rates fall can continue to fall. So those two bits of good news should drive, I think, sectors such as the travel and leisure sector, because people will start traveling again. This is quite clear. Um, they will start spending in shops again. So retail should do very well. I think entertainment again, yeah, eventually things like cinemas will will reopen, restaurants and bars will reopen, and they will feel the benefit, because I do feel that people are starved of the ability to go out and socialize, and I think they will want to catch up on that as much as possible. But I do think, as well, companies outside of the US will benefit from Europe and from, let's say, Asia, particularly those that, of course, supply the US with, for instance, consumer goods, consumer electronics, semiconductors, all manner of goods Could potentially benefit from all of this stimulus spending.
0: Okay. And as this gigantic amount of money is being channeled into the economy, isn't there a risk of inflation, Ed?
1: Well, I mean, people do say that. And certainly the bond market has become a little bit more worried about future inflation, uh, looking at rising bond yields. But what I would say is unemployment is still very high. The underemployment rate if you take those who are part-time employed but would like to work full-time, and people who have no job at all, is still at a very high 11.1% in the US. Now, that is the highest level since 2015. So, in fact, there is a long way to go before the unemployment rate gets down to anywhere near where it was before the start of the COVID pandemic, where it was 3.6%, a long, long way to go. And so, in the meantime. I feel there's very little chance of the real driver inflation rearing its head, which would be wage inflation. When the unemployment rate is that high and people are look desperate for jobs, wage inflation isn't the first thing that comes to mind. It's just take any job, just take a job, any job. It's not a question of being able to ask for pay rises. I think that's a very important point. So I think that the inflation story is maybe a little bit overplayed at the moment.
0: And does this historic event change your GDP forecast for the US?
1: <laughs> well, our GDP forecasts are under review. We clearly do think it's going to be a big boost to growth, but we haven't, we haven't quite worked out our numbers yet because it only just happened last, you know, very recently. But what I would say is if we look at uh, someone else like the OECD, they, as, uh, as late as December, had a forecast of 3.2% growth for for the US this year. And they've just revised it up on March the 9th to 6.5%. So they've doubled their growth rate on the back of partly this new stimulus program being passed. So we would expect upgrades. I don't know the scale of it yet, but our previous forecast was 4.2%. Our new forecast will very likely be substantially higher. Can't tell you exactly how much higher.
0: Okay. Thank you very much, Ed Sheng. Goodbye. Thank you, sir.